When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. And as you know, we are tech heads. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. And with the available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car, backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You are genuinely interested in acting on camera. Like right now, you would love to do that. Yes. Nothing. I'm at, I'm at, I have no interest. Wait, like, do you actually, do you really, do you want a small part in the movie? Would you do oh, it? Oh, I was kidding. You don't have to put me in your movie. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, I was, well, but, have to, have to put me in your movie. No, would no, no. Would you no. do it? <laughs> of course, I mean, yes, of course I would do it. But I mean, that wasn't why I was doing that. No, no, no. It was, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm at a phase in my life right now where I miss the, and I think it's because of this podcast. One of the reasons, like going back and yeah. kind of watching the, 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 journey I took as an actor and it mm-hmm. makes me want to entertain again and get back and kind of wow. in front of the camera. But I want to bring back the American sitcom, which is what I've always wanted to do. I want to do an old school, classic 80s family American sitcom for camera, like the thing that doesn't exist anymore. I think the world, the, the country would love to see that right now. Um, that would be Writer, my Why do you think you have zero interest in acting? None. Again? I don't know. It's so funny, though, because so like- good at it. When so I, good. But like when I'm directing, 
I'll have these moments when we're, you know, like if we're getting up ready for the day or whatever, and I have, I'm so anxious. And then I realize, oh, no, wait, I don't have to be on camera today. And all the anxiety disappears. And it's really? like, it's palpable to me that like, as much as, as difficult as directing is, as much of a sort of mental challenge, and I'll, I'll be worried about it, it doesn't cause the same anxiety at all. It'll, it'll be like, oh, no, we're, I get to be on set, but I don't have to be on camera. Yeah, I don't know. I just hate now, the idea. As an anxiety of, boy, I have to ask if the follow-up question, which is, uh -huh. do you not want to act or does the fear keep you from acting? Because for me, the fear just kept me from doing what I wanted to do, which right. is different than not wanting to act. Um, I, the challenge I've given myself, what I've said is that I will only act again if I want to do theater. Like, because okay. to me, if I'm willing to commit to a play that takes, you know, weeks of rehearsal and it's going to be just only seen by a certain amount of people in the room and it's just about the purity of storytelling and acting, when I'm ready to do that, that's when I'm going to allow myself to like really dive into acting. The idea of auditioning or being on set or, you know, like going, like making a movie and being on camera right now. No, I have no interest. It just doesn't, it doesn't sound fun. It sounds, I don't know. It's just too much pressure, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. I just, yeah, I, I do. I do love being around actors. I love talking about storytelling. I love working through it. Like, you know, when I wrote my play and I got to be there for rehearsals and working with the actors, I got the same high, the, the same positive emotions that I do, that I remember f liking when I was an actor, um, but without having to actually do it. <laughs> Writer, tell, every, tell everyone about your play. Jensen and I went and saw your play and Me it was too. amazing. It was, it was great. Thank you. Thank you. Tell everyone about it. Uh, well, so I wrote a play, it was called Never Ever Land, um, and we produced it in 2019, the end of 2019. Um, he started and, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah exactly. your fault. Your fault. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, I'm, it's the thing I'm most proud of in life, having written this play. You know, it was kind of like I was getting sick of writing screenplays because they never get made, right? Like, mm -hmm. you, you, you can make a living as a screenwriter, but nothing actually gets produced. And I wanted to write something that would sort of be its own document, that when I finished writing it, it was like, it is now a finished thing. And that's what a play can be, because a play can be reproduced, or, or it could just be read as a text. And, um, you know, obviously I started in theater, so it comes naturally, and I, I so I, I wrote this play. It took me, like, a year of writing and notes and thinking about it, and then it all kind of flooded out, and we put it on its feet just so satisfying to to go you know from a blank page to that finished play like i'm like i said i'm so proud of it yeah it was yeah. really great it um, was great i don't know how did will how did we not plan to go on the same night i don't know i don't know either yeah sue and i went and we had a great time we took yeah. two of the we took two of the four seats in the theater and, um, <laughs> exactly it, it was, was small but it was, it was a small theater but it was <laughs> but I, I almost I almost thought the intimacy of the theater added to the experience of the play, mm -hmm. frankly. I mean, there yeah. are some plays where, you know, you put Ibsen up on its feet and it's like, it's okay that there's 500 seats in the theater. But, it, right. you know, this was like, you were right there. You felt like you were part of it. So I thought yeah. it, it actually added to the whole experience, frankly. I thought it was great. I agree with you, especially because there are some moments in it where there is like some real tension yeah. and mm -hmm. and you feel it in that small room. It's uncomfortable. The, yeah. You know, like it makes on, you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's it what was, I was aiming for. Yeah. It was yeah. uncomfortable on purpose. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and every, you could see everyone's looking around at each other like, you uncomfy too? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was All right. It was, it was yeah. very good. Yeah. yeah yes. All right, I'm not going to lie. I am getting slightly nervous about our live show. Yeah, me too. It's getting closer and closer, which I realize as I say this is how time works. 
October 22nd at the Magnolia in San Diego. We are going to be recording some of the podcasts in front of y'all, but also it's going to be an interactive Boy Meets World Fest. We're taking questions and answers, playing games, performing, bringing out a special guest, wearing tons of layers. And everyone will see Mr. Plays with Squirrels live. Please, no shiny objects and keep your hands away from his mouth, which means I am breaking out a 30-year-old character just to reminisce with some of your podheads. Is that as is that a word? It sounded weird in my ears. Is that what we're calling our listeners potheads? I don't think so. That doesn't sound very good. But we can ask them on October twenty second at the Magnolia. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com, where there are also VIP packages with a meet and greet and a photo. Come for the nostalgia, stay for the unpacking. We'll see y'all on October twenty second in San Diego, pod friendos. I don't like that either. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves, and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So, make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. As a podcast focused on reliving memories from our past, I can tell you firsthand, as you get older, your memory just isn't as reliable as it used to be. Yeah, if we didn't have Will here, there would be a lot of dead air. <laughs> that is true, Robert. Well, guys, since I know you need a little help, you're going to love Legacy Box. It's the safest way to digitize your home videos and pictures, even when you think you don't have a way to watch them anymore. Oh, this is perfect, especially with Mother's Day right around the corner. It really is the perfect gift for the whole family, whether it's a sweet 16 or college graduation. First steps or performing a Backstreet Boys dance in between scenes on your childhood network sitcom. This is the way to reconnect with your history. The process is so easy. You just fill your legacy box with old VHS or camcorder tapes, pictures, negatives, film reels. I mean, they even work with over 15 different types of analog media, so they have you covered. Then you just send the box back and their team professionally digitizes everything by hand in the U.S. And you'll get it all back on the cloud or on a thumb drive along with your originals. I recently sent off my first box to Legacy Box and I got into my old storage unit and found about 40 tapes, all different media. And I was able to label each one and send it off. I cannot wait to see what these tapes hold. Jensen and I also recently got some of his home videos digitized and being able to hear his parents' voices again has been a real gift. So join over 1.5 million families that have trusted Legacy Box with their memories. Go to LegacyBox.com world to save 60% during their best Mother's Day sale ever. It's time to connect with your past and make sure those memories are preserved properly. That's LegacyBox.com world. Summer is steadily approaching and you know what that means. Wearing a shirt at the beach so I don't look like a sad radish for the entire vacation. Okay, maybe. Being thirsty? Yes, Ryder, you got it. It is time to go outside and bask in the glory that is sunshine with barbecues and hikes and trips to exotic locations. With your shirt on? Yes, with your shirt on. It is time to jump into a camper van with your son and your wife and... Torture everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all these summer activities, it's so important that you stay hydrated. And we're here to tell you all about Liquid IV. It has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. 
You just rip open a packet and pour it into your water and bam, you're hydrating with electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. But most importantly, it tastes good. It's so easy and perfect after a workout, which I do to replenish after a nice long run. And you can travel with Liquid IV right there in your pocket. Add it to a water on a flight or after a big night when you need just a little assistance to get up in the morning. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And with sugar-free flavors like white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime, you can't miss. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code WORLD at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORLD at liquidiv.com. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ionic 5 is a tech-forward electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing me to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard? Hyundai. It's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. Well, I am very excited about our guests today. We are going to be joined by Ms. Sally Steiner and Ms. Barbie Block, who were the casting directors for Boy Meets World after our pilot. Right. So the pilot episode of Boy Meets World was cast by Allison Jones, who is like one of the most famous, yeah, amazing casting directors I didn't of realize all time. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she did the pilot of Boy Meets World, and then after the pilot, she was gone, and Barbie, uh, Sally Steiner came in, and Sally did the first season, and then I believe Barbie joined her in season two. So we will find out more when we get to ask them some of these questions. Um, now, Ryder and Will, is the last time you saw Barbie and Sally when you were on Girl Meets World? Because for those who don't know, Barbie and Sally also were the casting directors for Girl Meets World. So is that would that have been the last time you guys saw each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's, it's been a few years. Really? Oh, that's why I'm crying. Yeah. It's been years already. It's been years. How is that possible? Yeah, yeah. I'm very fortunate that I get to see, well, I got to see them for a long time because uh, after Girl Meets World and I started directing for a show called Sydney to the Max, they were the casting directors for Sydney to the Max. Nice. So imagine what a cool story it is for me to be working with young actors who, for the most part, know me as the mom on Girl Meets World. And then I get to tell them, well, yes, I was the mom on Girl Meets World, but I was also a child actor just like you on cast Boy by Meets the same World. People. And yep. these lovely <laughs> yeah. ladies who cast you on the show also cast me. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's quite a story. 
Well, it's fun to it's fun to see your success too. That we love that. That was fabulous. And everybody on Sydney loved you. You know, Girl Meets World, they loved you. Everybody loved you as a director. Well, thank you very much. And we I keep pitching that. you as a director. So <laughs> please, please do. Also, I I'd really love to be an the mom on a sitcom again. So if you need a mom, is that oh, true? I would. I would. Really? I would love it. I really would. I, I want to be think, the dad. Why have we not written this already? I know. Will we could be a married couple. That would melt Boy Meets World fans' brains, though. They'd be like, what? Topanga and Eric? Topanga would end up with Eric Matthews the way she always wanted to from season one. Yes, Yes, that's the show. Wow. That's funny. Yeah, but you disappeared for a while, Will. We tried to get you to be sitcom dads a few times. I know, I know. I was I had to get my own mental health straight before I was yeah. able to to want to come back. But we were just talking about that earlier about if if I was ready to come back. I'm I think I'm officially ready to come back at this point. Yeah, it'd be for something that. that'd be fun, but I'd it right. would be yeah, right. it would be it'd be fun to be to be back. But uh-huh. we pastored you enough, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I love it. I love it though. It's that's always you know, being in front of the audience is terrifyingly wonderful. So it's uh it's great, but yeah, who knows? So let's get into the story of how you guys started on Boy Meets World. You, Sally, came on to Boy Meets World after the casting director, after basically kind of a failed pilot, right? Right, right. How was this job pitched to you? How did this come to you? I just remember going, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, I knew we were going to be making some changes and um, obviously Ryder was solid in there. Um, and, um, but, you know, we found Rusty and Will Friedle, you know. Right. So, um, yes, yeah, so we had some changes to make. And, you know, I saw the pilot. I knew I could see why they needed to make some changes for certain things. And I thought chemistries were not as flowy as they could be. So, yeah. um, you know, I kind of knew what my job was. <laughs> So to give everybody, even before we jump into more details, to give everybody an idea of exactly what a casting director does, because, you know, we take for granted that we, of course, know what your job is. Why don't you tell well, us you a little don't, bit? Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what our jobs are. So explain. Tell us what a casting director does. Explain it in your words. Um, if I can think of what we do, um, you know, we're usually the first one hired and we get the script and we put out what's called a breakdown to the agents and the managers and the world. And then we also look at it and say, okay, who do we think this person is? It could be described blonde hair, blue eyes. And, you know, we'll bring in all different types because why not? And what we do is we will narrow down and to show our producers, you know, four or five of the best choices we have. Or sometimes 20 or 30. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Depending on the project. (laughs) Right. Um, And lately, you know, we've been working with actors a lot on Zoom Mm -hmm. and coaching them. And, you know, they'll send in a tape from who knows where and we'll call and say, can we talk to this person? And then, you know, when they then they get to hear what the role about, what we're thinking, how to not be like everyone else, how to trust your own instincts and not think about what they want. Do you right. know, just be and and all three of you are so distinct in your deliveries and everything that mm-hmm. you do. You know, there's no middle of the road here. And a lot of actors come in and you'll write the note good. But there's got to be that something else, that special something that you want that person to hang out in your living room. Right. You want to be around the person, the audience you want the audience to want to be around that person. But, you know, when I was trained to be a casting director, um, I was told that you have to remember the whole picture, not just each individual actor. You right. have to realize how they fit into 
into the show, you know, does, does Will work with Ryder? Does, you know, Danielle yeah. work with Corey? I mean, you really have to try to envision what the group is like. Because most of the time, you don't even get to read with the other actors. I mean, they're just, you know, yeah. I'm sure a lot of you went in and didn't even read with other actors. So um, I think it's really important to look at the group of people that you're going to cast. And, you know, what, and, and what it is you're casting. I mean, everything's different. There's drama, there's comedy, you know, you guys know that. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's important to really focus on that. Now, what do you remember about discovering Will and his audition? Do you remember the first time you saw him or auditioned him? Do you remember what the buzz about him was when he got the job? I know. I remember. Here's what, here's I'm very I forgettable. I know. I'm well, very no, but here's what I remember is that I met you for a movie I was doing for Amblin, A Far Off Place. I don't know if you remember that. You did an audition for that movie. And I kind of hooked on to you then. I really thought you were special. Do you remember that at all? No, not at all. (laughs) Far off place. Which one was that? Far off place. Um, Actually, Reese Witherspoon got your role. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, because Ethan Embry was the one we were casting, but then they decided to change the roles because okay, you know. So, but they got to go to Africa. So you know. Wow. Um, But that's where I recall meeting you. Was okay. But I don't remember the audition process. I, I wish. Wait, so but, do you, you met him at that audition for that movie. Did you then specifically request him to come in to read for Boy Meets World? Or was that just a happy yeah, coincidence? I think, well, I think you went on tape, didn't you? I must have gone on tape because I was yeah. doing all of this out of New York. Yeah. So yeah. I'm pretty sure you went on tape. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But that was. <laughs> wow. But that's what I remember you from. Because I probably saw you on tape from a far off place. Yeah, it must have been. That's probably it. But, um, wow. But I remember going, wow, this is a great kid. You know, I want to remember him for stuff. And I mean, and that's how you cast. You remember things from the past, you know, whatever. All kinds of people. So that's why it's so interesting. I think actors get so hung up on whether they do or do not get a certain part. But the reality is it's still worth going out because the casting director will be like, oh, well, you're so wrong for this part, but you're so right for this other thing. And like, it's just, you always want to go and make a good impression, right? Like you have to just give it your all. That's so smart. And even if it's a couple lines. (laughs) Right. Right. We file it in our little computer when we find someone's best. Right. Right. We have a major zoom in our brain. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It it requires such imagination to do what you guys do, because like you said, you have to think of the whole. You can't just look at every individual actor. And on Boy Meets World, you were creating a family. So you needed a mom and a dad who were believable as a couple. And then you needed that couple to be believable as the parents to these three children. And Mm -hmm. so these three children had to be different enough, but yet also have similar, you know, it's like it requires such an imagination. And Will mentioned that we saw the original pilot and there is definitely some differences in chemistry. The difference between the original pilot and the way the pilot came together for Boy Meets World, you see the pilot for Boy Meets World and you go, yeah, I love this family. I feel like I'm jumping in to exactly Mm -hmm. where they are in their life. I don't need, I don't need to like see them at 101. I know that this is a family and they're established. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really cool. You know, you also have to be on the same page as the producer, the director, and the network. You know what I mean? Right, There's a right, lot right. of layers to go through. Well, do you yeah. guys remember, because we've talked a lot about how the first five or six episodes of Boy Meets World had a lot of revolving guest cast. And, you know, even Danielle was a replacement for the original Topanga. So do you guys remember Boy Meets World being a little bit of a a, a tough job? Yeah. Because we, it, challenge? Yeah, yeah. yeah, challenge, a challenge. Because we were That's going nice to cast quicker than most shows, right? I mean, that it, was atypical. It cracks, it cracks me up because I never heard you guys talk about the death chair. 
I was talking to Jeff Sherman the other day. He said, I knew about Death Chair. But oh, no. I, as a casting director, they were <laughs> casting directors all the time, too. So right. I was in the Death Chair, which I remained in for years. But yeah. you know, I was oh, there. My God. But, um, you just kept filling the Death Chair, Sally. You just I kept just, filling the, the Death Chair. And, you know, it's, but I never referred to it as the Death Chair. Um, I right. remember going to under the stage of Bill Daniels. So if he would see me come on the stage, he'd go, you know, thumbs down. <laughs> Am oh, I going to? He always, you know, I freaked him out a little bit if I went to the stage. But, wow. um, you know, it, you know, you have to me, it's like, unfortunately, these actors don't know that. And I feel like I owe Marty York apologies, apologies. And I usually explain it to the, you know, to the agents and stuff. But they don't always pass the message along. Sure. You know, right. I, I don't do it every time. I'm not perfect or whatever. But, you know, it's not it's not the actor. You know, right. it's the chemistry. Yeah. It's what they're right. looking for. And right. they yeah. kept looking to fill in something there and they weren't finding it. Yeah. So, um you know, actors that, are so sensitive anyway, yeah. even if they got that message, they're like, right. sure, thank you. Thank you for saying that to make me feel better, but we all know it was me. But that is not the truth. That <laughs> oh. is not the truth. No. And it's funny when you don't get a role a lot of times, it's got nothing to do with your performance. Nothing. It's, yeah. you know, it's it's yeah. what we're looking for in the whole picture. You right. Know, it's yeah. height, it's, it's hair so. color, it's yes. It's never hair color. And and especially when you get to those, to the, to the later parts, then it really becomes about chemistry. You know, right, they yeah. first like you, they like you as an actor, they like a quality. But then when you get down to, and I know you guys have talked about testing, when it's you and one other person, you're both very talented. It's just who fits the jigsaw puzzle yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Right, I miss what you just said before Barbie started talking. Was um, what was, was I going to say? Hearing? You said you it should be required. Oh, I was going to say, for me, like, it was such a learning experience when I finally got to sit in on a casting session that I was not auditioning for. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and I think it should be required for actors to do that, like, to be a reader or to just sit because it becomes yeah. so obvious that it's not about you. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Because when you, so and you, obvious. and you watch how many talented people come and go and you have a casting session with, like, 20, 30 people, uh-huh. like you said, most of them are good like most everyone you're like well yeah they they could do this there if you're in that room you're you're usually there for a reason you have an acting talent you have an ability and it's just like you said it's just kind of either the luck of the draw or the way that the room felt when they walked out or like whatever but it's so out of the actor's control and and when you could sit on the other side of that it's such a relief you know and but it's it's hard it's hard to internalize invited a lot of actors to come into our sessions to see what's going on we said you know um great idea michael michael would bring uh some of you guys in to our sessions so they could see what was going on i don't know if you if any of you guys don't remember but oh yeah definitely it, it was so important for the actors to see what was happening I think in that process. Yeah. So now um, I have a, I have a question when you're casting children, as opposed to casting adults, does the conversation <laughs> of how, how they may look when they grow up ever come into the, to the discussion? You know, not so much. No. I okay. mean, you know, you wonder if they're going to be, you know, 12 feet tall or something like, but it, not really, not so much. I don't, not as much as people think. Yeah. We yeah. will hear, oh, she's too tall for that. What do you mean she's too tall? Do, mm-hmm. do you know right. that's just, it, 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 it's such a tiny little thing that, you know, and people always want to find a reason why not. When, as we right. keep talking about, there often is absolutely nothing you can do. And at the end of the day, and this is tough to hear, that second person a lot of times gets cast in the show because the producer will be like, oh, remember Jane who tested? Let's find a role for her. That right. happens all the time. All the time. Right. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, so, we cast one pilot, uh, well, it was series, and it had, what, four boys in it? Savages, Complete Savages? Yeah. 
And um, we had cast one boy early on and then we found the other boys. Well, the one boy that we cast early on, they decided really didn't match with the other boys. So we oh. had to drop him before oh. was nothing to do with him other than physically yeah. the other kids we cast. It made it more of a family. Wow. You know? so, so the first um, kid who had the job yeah. ended up getting let go because the yeah. other three changed the dynamic. Yeah. He didn't even get to work. I mean, it was oh. like, you know, so that wow. was that was horrifying. So you yeah. mentioned that show, Complete Savages. What are what are some of the other shows that you guys have casted for that people will know other than Boy Meets World? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I know you have the, you have a, a very long list of credits, but why don't yeah, you just name an hour long podcast? I mean, we don't have that much time. <laughs> you know what? One show that we walked in late was Malcolm in the Middle. Ooh. We cast the last the two last seasons year. of Malcolm in the Middle. Okay, so That's they had done five years, and we thought they had probably used every comedy actor uh, in the world. Right, and what a blast that was! And the series, you know, and what actors needed to learn was they needed to just deliver the lines. That mm. it was the series regulars that were the ones that were supposed to be funny. So when actors came in doing too much, it didn't work. But if they came in and said, here's your pizza, then Brian Cranston could get into a whole, a whole thing. So interesting. That right. was a memorable show. Good luck, Charlie was a mm -hmm. wonderful family okay. show that we that we cast a baby how old? Six months old. Eight months. She was eight, eight months. months. She was eight months. Eight months. <laughs> No twins, nothing. We called her yoga baby. She came in and did all this stuff. And she turned out to just be a little killer the whole, you know. Until she wow. was five years yeah. old signing autographs. To wow. Oh my Jeez. She was wonderful. But she was eight months old yeah. when we hired her. And wow. she was, but she she stood out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've, Amazing. We've, done, we've done a couple features lately that were really fun with um, Happy Madison and Netflix, um, Adam Sandler's company. Right. We did Hubie Halloween, which... Uh, that was about a year ago, but it will be it will be on every Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> and another one called Home Team that starred Kevin James. And we found about 10 or 11 brand new kids. We found a couple of adults that we gave major breaks to. And that felt great. And uh, so that's also on Netflix. Everybody wants to check it out. And that, that's, <laughs> kids from, that's kids from all over the United States. That's why I said I'm so zoomed out because. You know, we're watching these Zooms 24 hours a day. <laughs> I mean, it's exhausting. And the um, Zoom thing is these two also people. cast a, an amazing, amazing show uh, called Pepper Dennis. Pepper Dennis. Oh, yeah. We're hoping you mentioned that, Ryder. This is how I met my wife. That. Yeah. They cast your wife for you. They cast my wife. Yes. Yeah. We feel like, and, and here's the thing we finally got to cast Ryder because we didn't get to cast him on Boy Meets World. That's right. You guys cast yeah. Pepper Dennis. Yeah. So, right? <laughs> so we cast him on Pepper Tennis, and then as a bonus, he got a wife. <laughs> and that yeah, so character Ryder... was about as far from Sean Hunter. Oh, as yeah, as you could possibly. Right. Which, you know, letting actors have a little range and do different things, right. and it was great to see you like that, Ryder. That was and so fun. Price. I remember that audition. Yeah, I remember that audition. I was just like, because, I, yeah, I, you know, I knew it was you guys, but I was also like, are they going to be cool with me being like a nerd, you know, like, because I had been Sean for so long, but this character was like this really awkward, geeky guy, and I was like, I think I could pull this off, and I just remember the audition went so well. Sean Levy was great. Yeah. I remember Sean was amazing, and we just had a great time. Yeah. yeah. It was a terrific show. We got knocked out with the WB. Yeah. yeah. What a how, many, how many wives did you read with before you selected Alex? <laughs> I'm just oh, curious. Oh, you know, so thousands, I think. You know. <laughs> We're trying to, who is rider worthy? Just trying to find <laughs> the right chemistry and all that kind of stuff. Well, like, and yeah. she, was, she was a good example of a one-shot guest star yeah. who right. scored and yeah, then the they pilot. kept bringing her back and bringing yeah. her back. And yep. and that, you know, Sally had mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes a couple lines, you never know. Oh, we right. had a girl. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we had, we did a show, Two Guys and a Girl and a Pizza yeah. Place. It was, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
But we did that show and a girl came in. Who was that? Uh, uh, Jillian Bach. Jillian Bach. She came in for two lines. She became like the head, the whole person of the series. I mean, it was unbelievable. She came in for two lines. So you never know. Well, and also Nathan Fillion was from Canada. He did us a favor and did like a couple lines as a jukebox guy. Became a series regular wow. and has never left ABC since. Never right, left. Yeah. <laughs> he's been on television. Uh, you know, they, they, they give me line, yeah, they wow. give me uh, give me hell about this. I always talk about Mash, but Klinger on Mash was was somebody who was supposed to have a couple lines in the pilot, and that was it. I mean, some of the biggest characters in television history are people that came on, said one or two yep. funny things. Danielle Fischel. I was Danielle just official say. as Topanga. I mean, that is but was Topanga. I wanted Danielle from Topanga for day one. You always, really? you always think your audition was whatever. I adored you from day one for that role. So was, she, really? was Danielle your first pick then? If you had to cast it right off the bat, was Danielle your first pick for she Topanga? She was my first pick, yes. Wow. You was, heard it here. There, yeah, there's no question. So it really, you you think like you blew the audition or whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah I was so, I was so terrible. I just walked I in and I was like, like hey. at the time or whatever. Yeah. But you were that in the character that I envisioned, you were that person. And, some, uh, and sometimes a bad audition, we can see right through oh, that. Yeah. We can sure. see who you are and what you can do. And, you know, wow. Rusty, Rusty, um, when I cast him, I was so excited because yeah. I cast a, a film that I put him in with um, who was in that record, Howard and Gene Simmons. Mm-hmm. And um, he this detective kind of guy or whatever. And I was just such a major fan of his. And like Betsy, everybody had a crush on him. I mean, whoa. <laughs> right. So anyhow, when I brought him up to Michael Jacobs, he was beside himself. He was so excited, but I would get calls while they were trying to get Rusty. Do you think this is going to work? Do you think this is going to, he was so mm. excited for Rusty to be on that show. Yeah. yeah. Boy, was he a score. Such a yeah, score. Such a score. Uh, but that was a big coup to get him on our show. Big. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. He was great. We've talked about how good Rusty is. I mean, oh, just. And how, and you guys have talked about how not the typical sitcom. Exactly. And his beats were more interesting and more grounded um, yeah. and still got the comedy. And, you know, yeah. that's the kind of, that's the kind of comedy that I know we both lean towards the, the more real. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Danielle, you did Sydney. That was mm-hmm. so much more real. I mean. You know, well, that's like Disney, a lot of stuff. We've done a lot of Disney, but the shows we've done, most of them have a, a reality base. They're not like big, broad, you know, goofy yep. shows. So um, we're having, you know, Will, you said something on one of the podcasts the other day about how they're getting all the actors from, you know, England, you know, wherever. Yeah. And I so agree with what you said in that people are not training here yeah. and people need to train and i just wanted to reinforce what you said because yeah. actors are listening it's so important you don't just you know do a podcast and then all of a sudden become a star that happens i did fresh prince but um mm. i cast you know the pilot first couple of years of fresh prince of bel-air wow. and will had no experience you know yeah. he was, wow and i remember i interviewed with quincy jones but that was exciting i went up to his house and i went do you think this kid can do it you know <laughs> oh, no oh, way you discovered yeah. will smith no, I didn't discover him. He they set the show around him. Okay. But when I met Quincy to do the rest of the show, I remember saying to Quincy, So you think this kid can do it? Quincy took my arm and he says, Yeah, I do. But Will was, I mean, you know, he he like all new actors, you know, he needed a few episodes, but and I remember standing on stage going, I want to see that guy do drama because he just had it all, you yeah. know, and he wasn't like a trained, trained actor, you know. So that was a rapper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But um, that was a fun show to do for a couple of years. 
<laughs> wow, that's amazing. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ioniq 5 is a tech Ford electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve, forcing you to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard. Hyundai, it's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment Professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what, what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. 
Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. How much of, of the casting is gut feel? I mean, because again, because my then follow-up question is, if you know, like, how often is it where you know this is the right person for the job, but then the producer comes in and says, no, I want someone else? Oh, that kills me. <laughs> I, but I, I feel like we've been pretty fortunate in, in, the, in the producers and directors that we've worked with. We just we seem to be able to be on the page with them. And that's just that's been great. And maybe it's the people we've worked with. Right. But we also will speak up and say, hey, you missed something with that guy. And most producers will say, if you feel strongly, bring that person back in. Um, there, there's, there's a few that have slipped by, you know. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eugene Levy, we did Eugene Levy's first network test, and the network executive said, "Oh, he's not funny." Oh. <laughs> in my life, in my life, they <laughs> sent him. They sent him home. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, Nathan Fillion tested for two guys and didn't get it, and that's right. when we called and said, "Can you come on just for this couple little thing?" And yeah. then. Oh, they made him a regular that, you know, well, it's know. interesting. You mentioned that because I was just, I was just occurring to me. You're saying that my, I would have been your first choice from Topanga from my first audition. And so you, you are probably a hundred percent. The reason I ended up with that part that had two lines, you were like, okay, oh, Michael yeah. Jacobs or oh, whoever, yeah. she hasn't been approved through the producers for this Topanga role, but can we at yeah. least give her this? Yeah. And so the reason I was even on set at all that week mm-hmm. was because you had, you felt a fondness for me after yeah, my exactly. audition. And, you know, Danielle, you know, you wrote in your book, which is a very good book, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> but said how, you know, I upset you and you were crying. You're the second oh, yeah. actress that's got a series regular that's cried. But um, <laughs> you, um, because I was paying so much attention to the other actor. To Marla. Yeah. Well, I, you needed to have to contact her. Yeah. Yes. I, you know, I knew Marla for a long time and I think she's terrific, but she was not Topanga, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was just trying to make her feel really good. And, you know, cause I knew I was calling you later <laughs> to tell you got the job, you know, and I had your information. So. Oh my tough. gosh. It's I, so... I, I did another show called great Scott with uh, Toby McGuire. And um, I had an office where there was a little glass window you could look through. Yeah. And I was laughing at people and blah, 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 blah. And this actress came in and I guess I was really intense and I wasn't laughing or whatever. But she was the one that I thought is right for the role. You know, I'm wow. really excited. So she went back to her office crying to her agent. She didn't laugh at me. She didn't whatever. She got the role. You know, right. <laughs> she right. don't really know sometimes. Yeah. I guess I got a little more intense with her rather than, you know, some of the well, other Well, there's your wheels are probably spinning, which is, oh, yeah. you know, you, you're you inside your mind going, okay, nailed it. So now this person's going to be the person I cast. So now I'm going to have to go and call their agent. So your mind already starts going 10 steps ahead. Right. And they're like, 
she clearly doesn't like me. That's so yeah. crazy. I can't That's believe exactly I know that. Now. It. That's, we're 10 steps. Like we got to call yeah. the agent. We got to call the network. Right. We have to do that. Oh, please, yeah. please make them be available that the agent didn't screw up. That's a big thing. Yeah. Right. That's a biggie. A- Alex, Alex talks about her audition for Pepper Dennis. She said, it was like she killed and like everybody was laughing and she came out and somebody in the waiting room was like, wow, they, they were laughing really hard. And Alex's take, she's like, I think they were laughing at me. <laughs> she's like, I don't think it was good. She like walked away convinced that everyone was like m- making fun of her, not laughing with her. And then with she got her. the part and she was like, oh, okay, maybe it was working. Yeah, so funny. You just so have no funny. idea as an actor, you know, half well, the time. But actors are also the most insane. insecure people <laughs> on the planet. We are yeah. the most insecure people on the planet. Actors. Yeah. Everyone thinks you're all confident, but you're not. It's horrifying. You yeah. know, and actors will come in and say, so what are you looking for? What do you want? I will never, ever give them that An information. Yeah. I want to see what they bring to the room because people just note you to death, you know, and yeah. I've always wanted to see what is coming into the room rather than, oh, I want him to be this, 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 and this. And, oh, and Danielle, the other minute ago, I said, no hair color. Nobody cares about your hair color. I've never cast by hair color. Right. You know, it's, we can change hair color. You know, we can change eye color. We can do anything because people get all caught up. Agents will call, well, it says blonde on here. And it's like, <laughs> get over it, you know? Um, so, and we try never to put those descriptions in, but they do. And I won't put in a, he, like Jack Nicholson or something. You know what I mean? I won't right. add any of that stuff. Right. So I like to see what, what you have to offer. Yeah. Well, there's the progression that have you ever heard the, the old actors progression that they hear, which is you use yourself. You say like it, it goes, who's Will Friedle? Then get me Will Friedle. Then get me a younger Will Friedle. Then, <laughs> then who's Will Friedle? So that's, that's always the progression they say in the in the acting industry. So it's, it seems to go that way. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. So we recently had Trina McGee on, and she told us this amazing story about how she auditioned for Angela and then wasn't going to get the part or didn't get called back. And she went into her agent's office to basically confront her agent and say, no, they need to give me another chance. I really want this part. And the agent blew her off for a phone call. And so she left her agent's office and was standing in in like the waiting area talking to her agent's assistant and was saying like, you know, it's unbelievable. They won't, I need to go back in there and read. And the assistant was super on board. The assistant was like, yeah, they've got to get you back in there. And the Mm -hmm. assistant picked up the phone and called Barbie and got Barbie on the phone and said, can we get Trina back in there to read again? And Barbie said, send her in. And that's then how she ended. That was like then the audition that ended up getting her the part on the show. Wow. Our memory is there was no one else. Yeah, it, wow. Trina was That's, so unique. It's totally and brought, and 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 then, and then we you know we were watching her and going, my gosh, she was good. Yeah. Um, she was terrific. Well, um, she remembers yeah. then when she did, once she was in the mix, it was always her and 10 other people. Yeah. And then she'd and come then back and it'd be 10, 10 new different people. people. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. guys oh, kept bringing her me, back. They put us through the ringer. They yeah. brought in a zillion, a zillion people. Wow. A lot of people say, don't bring in your best people first or whatever. I don't fall for any of that crap. Um, it's like, I, I like to bring in who I feel is the most special for the role. Then yeah. if they want to see 50 other people, fine. But I feel like I've done my work a lot of it. So, I mean, I still am looking, but, um, you know, a lot of people, um, I had one producer said, well, what if you miss somebody in the pre-reads? I mean, it was like, and then he started sitting in on my pre-reads. It was like, 
he was the very insecure producer is not yeah. anymore. That was right. the last one ever did. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and, and, you know, that role of Angela was so special and there was so much pressure on it because Sean yeah. was going to fall in love for the first right, time. Right. Right. Yeah. And who is going to really turn Ryder's head? You know, you could get back down to that chemistry again. Mm-hmm. And, I if you quizzed me, I couldn't tell you who those other nine girls were. It was right. only Trina. I know one. Trina yeah. knew them all. Trina knew them all. Remember, yeah, she Trina was like, she was in the room. She was in the room. She was in there. Like Trina knew she knows her competition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have one that got like the one that got away that you knew were right for the part? This is the, the I'm casting this person, and then producer somebody yanked it and said, "No, you can't do it." And the one you 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 remember. Um, you know, there's a lot of good people that were passed on. Barbie just said Jason Biggs. I don't know. We passed mm. on. Him. Well, oh. there was a role. There was a role of a kid at the prom, and he was supposed to be like a nerdy kid at the prom. And Jason had just moved to LA from New York, and he was like, "I hope I'm going to do well in LA." And he had, you know, done a few little things. And we brought him in, and the producers passed on him, and they, you know, went with somebody who was more of a pocket protector kind of guy. And then a year later, he came out in American Pie as the biggest <laughs> nerd in the world. Right. Yeah. So that's when you turn to your partner and say, see, <laughs> <laughs> I knew and it. I've never been able, I've never run into Jason over all these years, but I've always wanted to say to him, see, see, <laughs> yeah, did, oh, God, you did OK, funny. but wow. he should have had the, he should have had that role. We had the one experience where Taylor Lautner didn't get a role on. Uh, was it Jonas? Brothers? It was uh, Jonas, Jonas Brothers. Brothers. Pilot, so Taylor yeah. did not get the role. But if he had gotten the role, he would have never been in Twilight. So, uh, <laughs> wow. Like, you know, you don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, karma out there somehow. Yeah. yeah what's meant for you will still be yeah. for yeah. you. That's you know? always yeah. the way it yeah. works. Yeah. How about Tony Quinn? Do you remember the, anything with casting Tony? Yes. I know that. He was Joel Thurm, who was the head of NBC's trainer. Oh, <laughs> no. Wow. Joel, really? Joel, Joel introduced him to us. Unbelievable. Um, like wow. physical wow. trainer? Yeah, because that's what trainer. he's doing now. Yeah, oh, Tony's been yeah. a trainer for yeah. years. Yeah, Tony's been a trainer yeah. for years. Oh, my God. So oh, Joel said, you got to meet this guy, and he was terrific. So, And oh Tony's part of the reason I got the job working with Sally. I was not on season one, which is why I'm loving the podcast so much. Right. <laughs> I came on the middle of season two for the episode Cyrano, and I pulled onto the Disney lot, and I see Anthony Tyler Quinn standing outside, outside Sally's trailer. And I said, I'm getting this job. Because <laughs> <laughs> of Tony Quinn. I, you know, I was wow. totally You're amazing. like, I want to be here every day. Exactly. Oh my yeah. God. Um, one really oh, memorable, we have one really great memorable guy. casting session. You know, we, we talked about, talk about the millions, but there was there was the one where it was the ski lodge episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was the girl that was going to turn Corey's head Linda Cardellini. Yeah. Linda Cardellini. And when she came in to read, she just she just had it. And we yeah. were so excited. Such a good actor. One of those you're praying that the producers dump on board. Right. So she says, hi, Corey. And I see Michael Jacobs out of the corner of my eye, furiously circling her name. I could see that. And I'm just going, OK, we're good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You <laughs> knew right then. Because, I mean, and that's, and that's never really happened before where I've just, you know, and OK, it's all good. And she and in rewatching that. She, she was ter- she was the perfect person with you and with Ben and then the Jonathan Jackson of it all. Yes. They were two really solid people that could yeah. have turned one of you. And yeah, yeah, oh, that was great. Again, both were, incredible actors. We yeah. we heard a story or I heard a story. I'll speak for myself. I heard a story I, from some of the writers. I can't remember that one of the casting sessions they remember the most is some woman came in and started breastfeeding <laughs> 
her child while that she is a was, true story while she was reading is that it was that a real story well she came she had her baby with her because she didn't have childcare, so she was holding the baby and reading which is not unusual it was a small baby and she was giving a really good read okay. the baby started fussing so as natural as that is she was feeding the baby and i was still continuing to read with her but some of our writer producers that will admit that they were a little juvenile <laughs> And right. So it was a little tough to get to the end of the scene, you know, with them. But, you know, it was it was beautiful because she she didn't miss. Yeah. That her baby. That's, that's the thing. You know? I mean, not missing the beat to me. That's yeah, that kind of brilliant. At all. She's a wonderful actress. She works all the time. By the way, she, <laughs> I think she won an Academy Award. Did she? What? Or close one. Yeah. Very, I'm not going to mention her name. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> Major actress. <laughs> wow. I cannot believe you're not going to tell us who it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, I that's can't kind that. of brilliant. I want everybody to just send us emails on who they. I know. Think who do you think it, it is? Could be. Who do you think? Potentially. Now, do we know for sure that she's won an Academy Award? Because we can narrow it down. Academy Award winning actresses. Or do you know she, what? We'll get on the show. We'll, so. get, we'll get back to you on that. Okay. 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 Let us know. Because that's uh, wow. She's that's okay. Totally nominated cool. for. I don't know. She's been up for awards. I don't know. That's who, awesome. What do you remember about casting Adam Scott? Oh, he was. I Here's what I remember is that after he got cast, he came into my office and he brought me three little muffins in this little thing. He was so adorable. Three? Uh, Why three muffins? <laughs> I remember Did three. he eat one on the way? <laughs> he started off as six, but by the time he got to the office. <laughs> he couldn't yet afford a mini muffin basket, so he just got three. three. It was the cutest. So I just funny. thought it was the sweetest thing. Oh, and nice. the only thing I know is that I don't keep everything, but I kept his little card. I just oh. knew somehow he was going to score. Wow. And he was another one. We had a trailer full of guys. There were guys down the street. There were guys everywhere. Everywhere. But it was only Adam Scott. Yeah. He just had it. He had that. You know, it's funny when you think all these actors are reading for a role and it comes down to really nobody else is right for a role. And that that is the way it is a lot of the time, you know. Um, So that. Oh, well, Jeff Sherman told me to tell you the story. I did great Scott with. um, uh which is Toby Toby McGuire. And um, it was (laughs) Leo DiCaprio was a good buddy of his. So he was hanging out all the time. So I go into a casting session. I come back into my office and there are post-its everywhere in my office. He was practicing his signature. (laughs) (laughs) I had all of these autographs all over my wall. I didn't keep a single one. I should have, but yeah. It's like a treasure trove of Leonardo (laughs) DiCaprio's signature. I ran into him one day and I said, Leo, do you remember? You know, he was they were they were the cutest. They used to hang out all the time. They were just great guys. They're still good friends. I still think Leonardo DiCaprio, if he works hard, could make it in this business. I've said it before. I'm gonna say it again. I think he's got something and he's got a shot. He's got okay. a little try. He's got to put in the work. But it's not putting in the work. So funny that he was in there just practicing his autograph. Oh, <laughs> oh, so funny. I have another question on the show. Another question about casting. What do you remember about casting the late, great Brittany Murphy? No. Oh, oh, yeah. That breaks my heart. I know. Yeah, that, that was an impossible role. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely impossible because she was so wacky. And But there had to be something grounded. You had to there had to be the vulnerability. And when I tell you there was nobody for that role. And, and Michael had had a relationship with her. So yeah, okay. they worked on a show together. Get her yeah. on the show. Yeah. Right. So um, that she did that, almost home. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, 
that was wonderful and very sad at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. guess, yeah, when you're casting next to somebody like Topanga and you want to drive Topanga more center, it's like when you're casting for Frasier and to make Frasier the normal one, you have to cast Niles. Right, right. So it's right. like that same where it's like Brittany had to be the wacky kind of because, again, then you're pushing Topanga kind mm-hmm. of more center mast. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so strange. But she was another one. She came on our set and was just instantly one of us, like just yeah. yep. instantly. She was she, a great, great girl. Yeah, yeah she really was. Girl. It, and it, what about Parker. Ethan Suplee? I want to know oh, about his. Yes. You're talking about my other favorite. Alex. Okay. <laughs> Those are my two favorite. I love him. I felt I call him my little baby. Probably hate that, but I do. Um, but he just had such an innocence, and mm-hmm. you know when he did those little poems and everything. And are you guys going to get him on the podcast? I hopefully we hope, I hope yeah. so. Yeah, we Fingers hope so. crossed. Definitely. Yeah, I adore him, and he went on to be so successful that it's just you know, and he's gone through a whole transformation, body transformation. I body, know, yeah. right? So yeah, um, but you know, I just remembered like there was nobody, you know, there was nobody like him. He was so special. You Ethan, know? Ethan, Ethan was a, you know, he was such an intense actor, actually. Yes. Like, I yeah. remember, you know, even if we're doing comedy and we're doing these kinds of ridiculous scenes, but he mm-hmm. was always so focused yeah. and so um, interested in taking risks and, and yeah. making sure that everything he said was interesting like he yeah. never he couldn't open his mouth without it being incredibly fascinating and right. i just remember his intensity on set be, it being kind of at odds with you know because the rest of us are like you know we're doing a comedy we're trying to around and, yeah but and right. he was it wasn't that he was up like in a bad mood he was just had an right. intensity about it and i remember yeah. david trainer pulling me aside and being like have you noticed how he takes this so seriously <laughs> and it was yeah. like yeah and he's like i think that's really great and i was like yeah it's amazing and it well, made then that you character go see american history x or something right. like that where he's just so <laughs> intense and awful yeah. and well, he can amazing do it yeah, and he can do just, it all yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, super talented, super talented guy. But you know, when he would do those poems and stuff, he would just rip your heart out. I mean, yeah. he just would, oh, yeah, I loved him. So you mentioned Brittany as as being impossible. What was the, was she the hardest role to cast the entire time you're there? I mean, can you think of one where it was just so like many. so I difficult? Think, I think they all were. Yeah. I think they were all difficult. Um, we had, you know, the, the producers, they, they had such a standard for what was going to work on that show. Yep. Yep. And it, you know, and it did really work. So. And, you know, as you know, Michael was so passionate about everything. So passionate. I have a great respect for Michael Jacobs. I think he's just, he's done a wonderful job at this show with, you know, it, the lessons and everything. And um, so, you know, he was, it, it wasn't easy to cast for him, you know? Right. And I had some agents that because kids were getting let go and stuff, they weren't sending their kids in. So I had, mm. I, had I had a lot of challenges, you know, to deal with bringing people in. So, um, but Michael, um, he, he, he had a vision and he was going for it, you know? Yeah. So, um, and you couldn't always get into his head, you know, to figure out exactly what, but I think we did a good job of getting yeah. there, you know, but, yeah. Yeah, you but, um, and, and, you know, when, I, when we did the show, I started, I was a casting associate and I did that for the first few years. And then Sally promoted me on season six to casting director. So Boy Meets World was my first show that I was a full casting director. Wow. And Michael, too, was very generous in allowing me to, and I kind of walked out of the thing, okay, if I can cast for Michael Jacobs, I can cast <laughs> for anybody. Cast for anybody. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and it, it was, you know, he, he, we felt love from him. We felt like he we cared did. about us. 
and it was all about making the show better. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. on Boy Meets World and Girl Meets World, they yeah. were both. just both wonderful experiences and shows that we're really proud of. That's Good. Cool. Oh now, wait, God. I have I'm one, one more. Uh, I'm no, I'm just curious. Was Matt Lawrence cast or was he was Matt put on the show by like Disney? He, he was put on the show. <laughs> that's OK. That's what I that's what I thought. Oh, we yeah. love him. It's got oh, no, so do we. So do yeah. we. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious his his origin story, which we'll yeah. get to eventually. But no, somehow I don't know what happened, but, you know, there were conversations, whatever. But he came on the show. So and, and he fit right in really well totally. with you guys. Yeah, it, he it, did. It was a great group. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about how the third seat, the death chair, was one of the ways they were trying to bring diversity onto the show, because we have also openly talked about the fact that we were a very white cast. Oh, we were such a white cast. <laughs> and crew so and yeah, everything and else. So yeah. do you yeah. remember, do you remember the conversations? Like, were there conversations about needing to bring diversity into the show? And and it just like, do, do you have any memories of those discussions? No. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. And, um, you know, I, um, I really don't, I mean, I think I, they could have been, I just don't recall those. I mean, right. it, it became more and more, you know, through the years, like, you know, diversity here, we got to do that. We got to do that. We got to do that. But, you know, we did bring in diversity, but I didn't hear it as a mandate or anything, Right. but it could have been, I just don't remember. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's why, you know, Alex is one of my, you know, Trina. I mean, it's like, I was thrilled with that. And, and I always tried, you know, when I was yeah. doing stuff. So, yeah. And, and part of the casting director's job is to envision the world. Yeah. And, you know, we we felt a lot of responsibility. There were, you know, little girls, 11 year old girls having having um, sleepovers. And so we felt like, you know, to cast chunky kids or kids with braces or kids, with, you know, with, you know, yeah, all yeah. kinds of all kinds of people, you know, diverse, all, you know, is, is what our world looks like. So I feel like it's become a big thing that everybody talks about now. But I feel like casting directors were always there. Right? Yeah. Trying yeah. to I, I truly push it where, you know, yeah. and present well, the real world. And I yeah. worked on Fresh Prince for the pilot in the first couple of years. So. Um, it was the opposite there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I yeah. came from, you know, the two worlds. <laughs> How now yeah. I'm, I think people be interested. So let's say you've got somebody like Alex who's coming on as a, a series regular. How much time between finding out there's going to be a new series regular and finding Alex usually goes by? About three weeks. Okay. About you can say about that. three weeks. Yes, I, I can't say. Yes, that. because I remember they brought us back a couple weeks early. Oh, they to did? cast that yeah. series regular, hmm. and we were given about three weeks to cast him. But that's not always the case. It's always different. I think it's always different. You know. Yeah. Some, well, and guest cast. Yeah, guest cast. Less times better. <laughs> well, with guest yeah. cast, you only have days, days right? I mean, right? Like, yeah, days. Or, or that night they call yeah. us to say we oh. need this person tomorrow. Yeah, there's, Create this there's a lot of that. Yeah. Not so much in the last few years, but it used to be that way. That, but, you know. but we start thinking from the minute we get an outline. Even if it changes, even if it goes away, we'd rather know sooner. So when you see there's going to be a love interest for Eric in your outline, we're already looking for that um, You know, six or seven weeks down the line. We, our office does a lot of generals. We just meet people. An agent will yeah. call somebody's in town from New York and you meet them. And, you know, then that's how you kind of stack it up. And, you know, in addition to pre-reading is just meeting new people in town. And because you never know where they're going to turn up again or, you yeah. know. 
Well, here then here's a good question for that. Do you have, and it's hard off the top of your head, I'm sure, but are there any actors you can think of that we may not have never heard of, but that you think have like deserve more shine or should have been huge stars, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out that way. But you're like, man, this person is talented. They have it. It just hasn't worked out for them. Do you have any actors like that that you think aren't where they should be because they should be bigger? You know what? I don't have a name that I could throw to you, but- I do believe that there are some really talented people out there that are not getting a big break. I really mm-hmm. believe that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sure. Uh, I, we see these wonderful, wonderful readings and then we see that the person's not working and we don't understand it. It's like, mm-hmm. what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. So I can't, I don't have a person, you know, that I can right. say, Oh, blah, blah, blah. But well, um, that leads me to another question then, because you mentioned something about how you said lately, um, a number of people have been talking about how the business you know, even before the pandemic was really starting to change. Have you noticed how, you know, how big a change is it in, in the whole, in the casting world compared to what it used to be when we were doing something like Boy Meets World? How different is the industry now for you? Well, before we only had four networks. So there were a lot more actors. Now everybody is spread out, uh, you know, stars and HBO Max. And it's, it's more and more difficult to find available actors who can do what we need them to do. And our office in particular is extremely open. We do open calls on almost every role. Wow. We put out to actors access on every guest role because you never know that somebody's not, that their agent's not going to submit them. And they're like, I could do that. And I'd like to do that. Yeah. And so we just use that as another source um, to give as much opportunity as possible to find the, those little gems. But it, but as we all know, diversity is being hit really hard in the last few years. I mean, that really has been being hit, which is very important, I think. So yeah. Yeah. it's about time. Uh, yeah. You know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Everybody says, well, they've gone overboard. I said, you know, maybe they've gone overboard, but everything's going to even out in life someday. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, please, we just have to keep reflecting the world in every way. Yeah, yeah. What is your best piece of advice for someone who's thinking about getting into acting? I know you mentioned training and Will has talked about that too. That's so important. Yeah. What is your best piece of advice for somebody who's thinking about taking the leap of faith and saying, I've always wanted to do this. What would you, what would be the number one thing you'd tell them? One thing I would say is I would trust in yourself and the uniqueness that you bring to, as opposed to trying to figure out how to be all these other people mm-hmm. in the truth, it just going from what your truth is and showing people who you are and not trying to, you know, fit into a fit, box yeah. or what they want. And, and to know that we're looking for your uniqueness, you know, we're looking for your uniqueness. We're not looking for you to imitate somebody else. I mean, there are those people out there that do that, but you know, we're looking for your unique qualities. And I think that you have to um, have a confidence in yourself um, that you have a special quality and somebody's going to be looking for that, you know? So mm-hmm. I really, I really believe it's trusting yourself. I mean, it's really trusting yourself. And also pursuing everything else, writing, 
you know, tape yourself and watch it back with your friends. There's read a lot as is that's always advice I give is reading. You can learn so much about characters through reading. So I'm always, mm. you know, beating kids over the, with the reading thing. That's interesting. Great. I mean, and also, uh, n- no matter what you think about how your audition went, you are probably doing a bad <laughs> guesstimation about what they were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> because as the person who walked out of an audition and thought there's no way I booked this, they weren't interested in me at all. They didn't ask me for my phone number. And now this many years later, I well, find I out. Was at, I was at ICM in New York um, at the agencies. And we used to laugh. We used to have big jokes because the actors would call up and say, I sucked. I was horrible, whatever. They would get the role. The actor oh, yeah. called up and said, I was fabulous. I was spectacular. Never gets it. Role. No. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what I did with Eric. That's literally what I did with Eric. I went yeah. to a, my dad took me to a pay phone to call my agent in New York to tell him it went terribly. I mean, that's, yeah. and he went, you got it. I mean, that's uh, you, you always do. <laughs> Invariably, there's there's a couple things that we would we would always joke about from the actor side, which is, um, yeah, if you think you did an amazing job and you got the part, you probably didn't. Yeah. And if you can't get an audition and you can't get a meeting, book non-refundable plane tickets on the same day. <laughs> and you'll get the meeting. And you'll get the meeting or the audition. Those are like, every, everybody knew that. Like, book a I vacation. Used my, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. used my always. last thousand dollars to go to Hawaii that week and now I got that audition. So yeah, everybody knows that. So yeah. Yeah, that's so true. But as a casting director, you know, we're in the, we always say in the casting director, we're in the same position as actors, you know, we're job to job or whatever. Sure. sure. And, you know, as soon as I would get a call about something, I would, I have one friend that we set a lunch date never failed i get a job you know? so I always, if i needed a job i'd say hey want to have lunch you know yeah. <laughs> or plan a trip yeah or plan a trip, trip. Yeah, exactly. and then the job comes exactly really do you get the tickets do you guys have a favorite actor or actress of all time a favorite of all time yeah yeah like who are yeah. your favorites you can name a few if you have I'm just so curious what you do. You guys... want them to have cast them in something, no, or just no, no, ever? No. Okay. Oh. Just ever. Just like who do you look up and every time you wow, watch them just... on screen, you're like, I want to see them act. You know what? All the... there's just... go ahead. There's so there's just so many. I yeah. I just I love actors. So there's right. all there's leading actors I love. There's character actors I love. You know, people that come in and out of our office over the years, they know we adore them. They know they could come in and give a not so great read, and they'll be back. Right. It, um, I, that's such a tough question. <laughs> you know, I have to say, Olivia Hussey was on the show. Oh, yeah. Um, well, um, growing up, I was had the opportunity to see Romeo and Juliet, the Zeffirelli, which yeah. kind of made me, you know, crazy about the business. So oh. um, when, you know, I got to cast her. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my. I mean, that was so many zillions of years after Romeo and Juliet. But, yeah. you know, I was able to see that Zeffirelli movie because he did all the Shakespeare films. I yeah. mean, he's he was amazing. It was one of the most famous directors. But um, that was exciting, I have to yeah. say. Uh, one of the a current person that I just love is Juno Temple. Everything oh, yeah. she does, yeah. she, you just fall in love with her. And, yeah. and, and on Ted Lasso. She can say the most awful things, and you still love her. Yeah. And then, um, and then she was in a mini mini series, um, the Godfather mini series. Come on, you guys, what, what was it? Oh, uh, making yeah. the Godfather. Yeah. yeah. I know we're yeah. talking about Paramount. And she yeah. was wonderful. I, I'm just amazed every time I just love watch her. Yes, the offer. The offer. The offer. Yeah. Oh, mm. great, great mini series. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. I'm dying to see it. I hear it's great. Jensen's watching it now. That's why I know. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> By the way, yeah, have you all it. seen uh, Dope Sick? Yes. No. Oh, yes. That's a tough. That's a tough watch. But man, everybody's so good in it. Do you know that the writer, creator, and director Danny Strong played Arthur, 
who went up against you, Will, to be to get the internship at the television at station. The television station. <laughs> really? That was Danny Strong. Yep. Yeah. And he is big time now. I remember yeah. seeing his name go by on a bus for Empire. And being like, Danny Strong from Boy, I'm like clapping. Yeah. Oh, I have to actors. Google now. I have to Google. Yeah, no, he's, oh, he's huge. We, yeah. we stayed no, in touch. I even figured that out by now. No, <laughs> yeah, no I, ha- I didn't. No, right? Danny he knows himself. Yeah, Dan, I, I know him. We should have him on the podcast, actually. Yeah, let's have we, him on. we reconnected in our 20s. We started doing these live theater shows called The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Oh, and, I know and, exactly who Danny is. Of course, and, he's great. And yeah, he's a great guy. And he had just at that time written Recount. And that was his first major script. Yeah. And it, but I, I didn't even remember him. He came up to me. It was like, yeah, I was on your show. And we like reconnected. And you know, we obviously have the same last name. And then we ended up, <laughs> yeah, we stayed in touch. He's such a good guy. Such a good yeah, writer, too. exactly yeah. who he is. Of course, I, of course I knew who Danny Strong yeah. is. How yeah. fun. That's really cool. I ran into him not too long ago. And he was like, that was my second job of my whole life. And wow. so many people. In watching it, it was a pretty big role that he had yeah. for somebody who was so brand new. Yeah. Um, if you go back and watch season three. Sure. Episode okay. two. We'll get there in five years. We will be there. We will be there in five years. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> He's nominated for fourteen Emmys this week. Jeez, uh, for, for, good for him. And just the yeah. nicest, still so grateful yeah. and just a lovely Such person, a good and guy. still wants to act. All right, we'll have him on. Jeez, you guys are really pushing <laughs> you Danny on us. Cast our podcast. You can't cast He's our podcast. Billions. He's been doing billions for the last few years. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. Oh, that's Sally funny. and Barbie, casting directors for Pod Meets World. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you guys on booking if you don't mind no, we don't uh, know how not to do that <laughs> i know i now, love it I, I have one i have one more question when of one of these actors that were so integral to our show like a tony quinn like an alex Desaire, something like that when they were told they were no longer going to be on the show were you involved in that in any way shape or form like, no. were you involved in letting them know, or did you just hear, like, the rest of us that they just weren't coming back? Uh, well, we heard, obviously, before you guys heard. Probably. Well, maybe. Sometimes you guys heard stuff before we did. But um, we didn't have to do the actual, because, you know, there's contracts and all that stuff. So sure. we never did that. Barbie did have to let somebody go one time. <laughs> it was oh, awful. I, I made her do it. I couldn't do it. I, I said, it's good experience. Don't do this. This is good uh, experience. Oh, you no. don't have to call and tell somebody not to come to work the next day. Oh. That's the most, and, and it is a rite of passage. It's an awful rite of it's passage, awful. but it is, you've got to do it in the most kind yeah. way that you possibly can. Was know? it on Boy Meets World? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. It is horrible. We're not going to say who. Did you know, know. you don't trash people on this? <laughs> no, no. no it's, it's we had one guest that did trash people, and I didn't like that episode. So we don't like to trash people. <laughs> never never would encourage it. I, I, I do off I do off uh, air, though. Really want to I'm going to have to ask some yeah. questions. Off we got, air, we I got need some to know. follow-ups here, my friends. <laughs> but, you know, it's really, it's, it's unfair because, you know, to people to hear like, oh, I was replaced or I was this or I got let go and you know and some of the people that let go of shows are some of the biggest stars in town you know sure exactly you know it's but some people don't take it that way so that's why I'm protective of our actors I love you actors (laughs) I think being mostly primarily a voiceover actor too now anyway for the last 20 years or whatever you get used to everybody especially that's been a voiceover actor has been replaced in something has been and there's absolutely no nothing to it it's like oh yeah I was doing that and they replaced me with somebody it just you just get used to it frankly right so I think I think the on-camera world could learn a little bit 
from the from the VO yeah, world. See, I'm, ju- I'm, ju- I'm, I'm real sensitive about the actors, and I just really I don't I don't feel there's a need to put that out there. So yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you both so much for being here with us. Yeah. This has been an oh, absolute fun. joy. I do want to oh, oh, go ahead. We both have our raising oh, questions. One more thing. Okay. Questions. I questions. Just yeah. Say one thing. You talked about having a party with everybody. Yes. Malcolm in the Middle did that. We yeah. had the best party ever. Oh, great! It was like how many years after the show ended? Oh. And I mean, it was great. Okay. Uh, We're gonna okay. have to we'll do it. We'll have to get that down. So, we'll I think to, that has to happen. Can you cast the party? Yeah. <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll help. Great. <laughs> we'll help. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention that Sally and I have are just starting to do, which is super exciting, oh, yeah. is we have started another company in addition to our casting called Steiner Block Consults. Ooh. And we are going to be consulting with actors and parents all across the country, demystifying the casting process, answering questions. Oh, this is amazing. People money. Great idea. These actors, the agents, people are always trying to say, spend money on this, spend money on that, spend money. Becomes predatory. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. We, (laughs) you know, we've been doing this for, you know, a million years in our office when we do generals is giving people advice. And it's something that we both really love and feel like we're in a position to really help people and great and oh it's so great on guys. zoom now why not right right <laughs> yeah, yes. that's a great idea that's a great oh, idea. Us at steiner block consults at gmail consults consults right? at gmail okay. and we will have our website up in the next few weeks Do it. Great. in the meantime people can contact us that way oh, amazing awesome. well thank Super. you guys so much for being here we love you i can't wait to see you again on whatever show we work on together next you, you love us. You love us. We love you. You're our babies. We keep calling our babies. And the way that the actors love you, Danielle. Yeah. The actors that you direct just absolutely adore you. And they learn so much on Girl Meets World and on Sydney to the Max. The actors just can't stop raving about you. Thank oh, you. So that means a lot. I learned a lot from watching Ryder. Yeah. Will, we need to we need to get new headshots taken so they can cast us as the mom and dad in a show and then Ryder can direct it. There you go. I love it. writing it, you guys? Writer? We'll write it. We'll write it, we'll we'll write write it together. Okay, we'll, it. Oh. Actually, Danielle, you know what people would accept, I bet you, more than than us being uh, a Married husband couple? and wife is us being brother and sister that are then forced together and like have to raise kids I or like something that like idea. that. I like that idea. That would be, that would that, be the that way. That would work. People would get that more than I think they would accept the, the us being married. All right, fine. We won't be married. We'll just be brother and sister. <laughs> Whatever. I just want to be a TV parent. Me too. Me too. I want to be a TV parent. And we want to request more pop-ins from Indy because okay. he is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Isn't he this great? He truly comes out of the mind of a seven-year-old. I'm really love, interesting yes. on this podcast. Yeah. Love, love that. It's really funny to see the show through his eyes. He just, you know. I felt like we should be the guy him when he was like two. No, Remember he was sweeping the stage? You know. a girl, he was sweeping. He's big into brooms for a couple years there. So is Adler. Adler was obsessed with brooms. Wow. Come to my house. That's how I look at it too. That's that's when I want to have a kid, just during the brooming era. <laughs> you guys are great on the podcast. Thank, thank you. Really thank love you. it. It's we really love you. Fun. Thank awesome. you so much. Thanks great, for coming great. on. Yeah. Great to hear all the actors. And we'll let you know when we have that party. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna do it. Okay. Yeah. We will. All right. Thank you guys. Bye, Bye guys. guys. Good to see we you. love you. Yeah, you too. Bye. Love you. Podcast house. What did you say? Podcast. Oh. House? <laughs> you want to say? Dismissed. Pod dismissed. Right. Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> I never know my lines. <laughs> oh man. 
This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Listen, Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and so do their tushies. Especially when they start really moving. With Huggies Little Movers, you get their best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit. That's right. So no matter what kind of mover you've got, they'll feel protected and comfy while their little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers has curves designed to fit all baby curves and helps provide up to 12-hour protection against leaks. So make the switch to Huggies Little Movers today. We got you, baby. When it comes to Podmeets World, we're synonymous with two things. Watching our younger selves on a TV show from 30 years ago and loving Hyundai. If we could, we would take Hyundai to prom. Technically, Hyundai is more visible on this show than Topanga. The first ever fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. With up to a 303-mile range, available two-way charging, and other category-defining features, the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5 is one of the most teched-out electric vehicles ever. Say teched-out again. Nope, that was a one-time show. Snooze, you lose. Well, either way, the Hyundai Ionic 5 is a tech-forward electric SUV. The standard ultra-fast charging capability gives you an 80% charge in just 18 minutes when using a 250-plus kilowatt DC fast charger. So that means your car won't die out like the Matthews family vehicle on New Year's Eve forcing me to miss out on kissing supermodel Rebecca Alexa in front of all of Philadelphia. And with available two-way charging, you can charge larger electronic equipment inside and outside the car. Backyard or side yard? Hyundai. It's your journey. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 2024 Ionic 5 rear-wheel drive has an EPA-estimated driving range of up to 303 miles. Actual range will vary with options, driving conditions and habits, vehicle and batteries condition, and other factors. Available in limited quantities and select states only. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment Professionals can be as easy as a phone call. And one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. We talk a lot about moms on this podcast and how important they are to us. Absolutely. Without Jen Fischel, what pictures would we post on our social media? But above and beyond all the incredible mom things they did for us, laundry, dinners, let us travel to Los Angeles alone to chase our dreams of acting. Will, what, what else was your mom doing? Uh, my mom was also running all three courts in Connecticut while authoring books. Wow. Well, whether your mom was a legal trailblazer or just the greatest source of inspiration and care in the world, this Mother's Day, she deserves some flowers. You are right. And that's why I'm sending mine farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And while I'm teaching you things, how about 25% off your entire Books order so you can join us in treating our mothers to a beautiful arrangement? Love it. Here's why I like the Books Company. They are different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. 
That's really cool. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Your mom is unique, so she deserves flowers just as special. And Books is simple. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code WORLD for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code WORLD. Books promo code WORLD. That was so fun. Oh, that, that is great. so fun. Just to get the the kind of behind the scenes of what it was like and how you walked out of that room thinking it was like, that was the way. So they were like, nope, that, that's her. That wasn't it. Oh God, that's Isn't so fun. They had a tough job, guys. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. Casting yeah, the say. amount is the fact that they open it up to like open casting calls is just mind-boggling. It just I shows know. that they have such an optimism about actors and the potential. You know, you have to have hope, right? Like yeah. I, it seems like it would get so I feel like I would become so cynical about actors <laughs> if I was a casting director. Just be like, ah, they're all the same. Oh, they're you know, a dime a dozen. But you can't be, right? That's you can't yeah. be. You have to have like their kind of positivity about actors and respect for the art form and just the hope that there's always talent out there. It's so, yeah. so cool. I want to know mean, who the woman was. I want to we'll know. Find who the, I wanna we'll know find out. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Um, I, I did casting once in my life for a pilot uh, Jensen and I were doing for, for someone. And the number one thing I remember is that the amount of energy it takes to be a casting director and yes. want to present yourself to, you know, because actors are walking in trying to have, you know, I they want to nail it. They want to have a good audition. And it doesn't matter that you've seen 37 other people before yeah. this actor. Yeah. You know that your energy with them can completely derail them and completely throw them and, and that they're looking to you for little bits of guidance and to get a read on the room. And I, I said then after I had done that experience, I said to Barbie and Sally, I said, I don't know how you guys do it. It is, it's it so takes exhausting. so much energy. And they said, we really don't know how we do it too. But <laughs> writer, to your point, it's because they as people are such optimistic. Like they are yeah. just such um, bright people who yeah. so love actors and believe they in actors. They love actors. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. They love actors. They really yeah. do. And they take pride in their work as they should. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they are a huge part of why Boy Meets World was a successful show. Oh, it's because yeah. they were able to always piece together amazing every week. You know, it's not just the show yeah. for the first season. It's every week having to bring in our incredible guest cast. They're like our elf guy who came in yeah. as the top, you know, it's like yeah. these ama- they're indelible yeah. characters and it's yeah. because of them that they were, fu- yeah. they were able but to find these actors. It's also, you watch show after show after show that just gets worse as it goes on. And they mm-hmm. tried to save it by bringing on wacky characters characters or you know casting a new little brother and usually doesn't work and on our show i still think we were one of the few shows that got better as we were going on mm-hmm. that the additions actually worked um you well, know let's see. Made we gotta the wait till season five Lawrence made the show better but i mean they did they they added to everything that went on and that's yeah. you know a lot of that is a testament to the casting it really is yeah yeah it's a it's a it's also a very um undervalued job i think in the public's public eye you know like yeah. there should be oh, an yeah. academy award for casting there should definitely be an academy award for yes. casting the category idea. needs to be recognized i think partly because it's always been women too you know i think that's yeah. the sexism of uh, the industry interesting. it's one of those jobs think about how many uh male casting directors do you know no it's no yeah. it's usually very women. rare you know it's yeah. usually a uh, it's it's always been a female-centric job um and i think that's part of the reason why it has not gotten as much respect as it deserves um, i didn't even realize there wasn't an academy award for casting how right. is there not right it doesn't seem like because it's the job that makes movies. I mean, yes. it's such it's so important. And the, the, the you know, 
yes, if you're getting into a certain level, they're just making offers, right? But right. if they're still auditioning people and they're, yes, there should be a category to just recognize the wow. power of the great casting director. Yeah. Agreed. I have well, so many questions about that. It's like, then is it about the putting together the right ensemble? Is it about casting somebody? I, it's, yeah, I'd be interested how they would define the category, but I agree. Right. Yeah. You let casting we'll directors it define it. Right. That'd and that's be, the way yeah. it works. That's the way be, the Academy works is that yeah. you vote within your, ca- you nominate yeah. within your own, your own uh, professional yeah, category. So interesting. I yeah. Like it. All right. Well, this has been another wonderful episode. Uh, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You absolutely <laughs> do say so yourself. I think that's great. You can follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show. Uh, please be sure to email us at Pod Meets World Show at gmail.com. Also, if you have not subscribed, what are you waiting for? And if you love us, Leave us a review, five stars only. If you leave us four stars, one of us has to eat the other one. And then it's it's actually, wow. it's terrifying. Yeah. So we don't accept anything less than five stars. Um, hate listen on your own time. And uh, yeah, this has been really fun. Thank you guys for joining us. We love you all. Pod dismissed. Pod Meets World is an iHeart podcast produced and hosted by Daniel Fischel, Will Friedle, and Ryder Strong. Executive producers, Jensen Karp and Amy Sugarman. Executive in charge of production, Danielle Romo. Producer and editor, Tara Sudbach. Producer, Lorraine Vurez. Engineer and Boy Meets World superfan, Easton Allen. Our theme song is by Kyle Morton of Typhoon. Follow us on Instagram at Pod Meets World Show or email us at podmeetsworldshow at gmail.com. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.